0: Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by the Turnstile Network. My name's Ian McNally. I'm Justin Price. And we are going to spin the wheel to take us on a sporting adventure. Do you want to give it a spin, uh, Justin? Will it hold together this wheel? I'm not sure. <laughs> There's enough enough sticky tape on it. Let's have a go.
1: It's pretty pretty hard there as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think, uh, what are you hoping for here? Yeah?
1: What are I hoping for? Yeah. hope but it stops for a <laughs> It <laughs> stays together.
0: Here we go. Oh, rule breaker.
1: Rule breaker. Well, I'll tell you what, when I think of rule breakers, there's so many will pop into my head straight away,
0: right? No, no, it's got to be about sport, not about your social. Life. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just well, naming unnamed criminals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, who, who's, who comes top of your mind when you're thinking about rule breakers?
1: Well, as I said, there's there's quite a few that just just pop in there, but the uh, the one that I think I remember vividly, but also like immensely, <laughs> was uh, Eric Cantona.
0: Fantastic.
1: Because if if you don't know who Eric Cantona is, uh, Eric Cantona was a soccer player, who was a fantastic soccer player, but had a history of breaking rules. <laughs> uh, shall we just say it lightly?
0: K- Cantonar is one of those characters who is so fascinating like even take the sport out of it he's a fascinating man I was looking back at his, like, his track record I've got a feeling where this story is going to end up But
1: if th- we could we... meet Eric Cantonar and just interview him he would be one of the best sportsmen to interview because his, his life is like he's an actor now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so not many sports people go into acting And if they do, they're not very successful, but he's been quite successful. So he's, as you said, he's an interesting man. But when he was playing his sport, he did have trouble with authority, you probably would say. And uh, it's just that story is immense. Now, you as you you know a bit of it. So, what what do you know?
0: Oh, like I I was actually quite fascinated with his early career because he he grew up in in Marseille, and, and that's quite a volatile place in France. It's got a lot of different mix of cultures. He, he himself was from an immigrant background. His mom and dad were not from France, and and uh, apparently he grew up in like he grew up in a cave. Like it was like, hang on, a cave? It was like chiselled out. Apparently, it was a lookout for like uh, during the Second World War for German planes. <laughs> really? This I did find this on the internet. It may not be true, but it's so compelling that I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> yeah, leave it. In. <laughs> but the other thing is, is that Cantona started playing pro football and then had to do national service. Now, from all the people who talk about national service straightening out unruly youth. Cantonar is a great case in point. That's why I like him as well, because he's a case in point. It doesn't. Possibly it makes you more violent. He played for a number of different French clubs like Auxerre and Nîmes, and he played for Montpellier. But he had a very chequered history. Basically, he, six times he was pulled in over v- serious allegations of, like, he did a kung fu-style tackle on one of his uh, opponents it, in a friendly game against Torpedo Moscow. Great name, isn't it, Torpedo Moscow, by the way? Uh, he, he kicked the ball violently into the crowd, ripped off his shirt when he was substituted and threw it on the ground, got banned for a month. Yeah, banned for a month for that. Yeah.
1: But just throwing your shirt on the floor.
0: Well, you know, it wasn't like he, he threw it in the washing basket. It's one of the things that annoyed my mum the most. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you put it on the floor, or not in the basket? It's not much effort. That's basically, he's he's basically being banned for a month by someone's mum. Exactly, <laughs> so, yes.
1: Yeah. The, the person who washed the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: in the interest of balance, it's not always females who do the washing. You no. should say that.
1: That's why when we kit Washer and you went with the
0: yeah. Uh, apologies. Uh, he he did a uh, fight have a fight with a fellow player at Montpellier as well, Jean Claude Lamont. He's banned for ten days because uh, he took he took his boots off and threw them in his face. <laughs> so.
1: So the club banned him for that. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, and uh, there was a bit of a revolt there in the dressing room because six of the players ganged up against him. But it's actually... They took him on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually Laurent Blanc who stood up for him and said, no, you he think he, he should, you know, play French again. captain, he was, yeah. He was just banned from, like, the, the ground and stuff like that. Um, but it was at Nîmes. Banned like, from the ground. He was. He was banned from, like, all the club's facilities and things yeah, for 10 days. He's yeah, basically been banned from a nightclub for a bit, isn't he? He can't d- come back for 10 days. He's been grounded, has yeah, he? fair enough. Like so, um, in '91, he, he, he got banned for, for throwing a ball at a ref. <laughs> he got banned, took a one month ban. A one
1: month ban for throwing a ball at a referee.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's justified, isn't
1: it? It depends where he was. Did he was he throwing it back at you? See, these are probably the arguments he put to it. Yeah. Well, I was only throwing it towards him, not at him.
0: Well, regardless of the uh, the arguments that Cantonal put forward when he sat in front of the committee members and got given his one-month suspension. Is this the French
1: FA, by the way? <laughs> this is
0: the French FA. Yeah. He, he got out of his seat and pointed to every member on the committee and went, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Which, how much would you love to be in that room? Uh, I, I, w-
1: I would also, like, uh, it's, it's uh, you'd warm to him, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: But is like there is times in your own life where you think if I, I could channel Cantona now, yeah. I'd just be like, "You're an idiot." You're an Surrounded idiot. by
1: idiots, I'm the only one understanding this.
0: But the kind of amazing thing for me in that in his career in France is that he had these moments which should have completely derailed his career, and they did because he <laughs> retired. Did. He retired from football on the 16th of december 91 he's done he was 24 he's, <laughs> he's going to go to acting or whatever i don't know what he's going to do but
1: it, he would have been young then as well he would have been, yeah. yeah
0: retires from the game and that is the, the early end of 20s. the story
1: well it's not or is it <laughs> it's not because like i think even like the french knew that uh he was quite a talented player even though like obviously he had a few run ins and they were all idiots they sort of were not that idiot, idiotic that they didn't know that he was quite a good player. So, Platini, and that in today's thing, the fact that Platini was helping anybody.
0: <laughs> other than in his own back pocket. Exactly, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs>
1: Allegedly, of course. But Platini was like going, look, he went to England, right? And he said, look, to a few of his mates, right? He said, can you tech? You, do you find, mind giving Cantonar a bit of a go?
0: Again, surprising that Platini's yeah. got mates. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the other thing as well, by the sound of it, he just wanted him out of France. <laughs> yeah, well that <laughs> was apparently Gerard Houllier, who later managed Liverpool, was part of like the French national team set up and things, and did say to Cantona, look, go for a fresh start in England.
1: Yeah. Yeah, go and kick someone in England. because yeah, I hate some of the referees over there. <laughs> <laughs> so he, basically, uh, someone speaks to Trevor Francis of all people. Who Trevor,
0: was, Trevor Francis? Now he
1: was manager of Sheffield Wednesday at that time. Now probably people, people listen to this podcast, going, who?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Sheffi- a, a ridiculous team name.
1: Well, it is, and uh, it was one of the biggest cities, Sheffield, in England, right? And they have two teams, Sheffield United, and they have Sheffield Wednesday, who are now, I think, in Division Two. Well, right? well Sheffield
0: United are nicknamed the Blades because of Sheffield steel and the stainless steel. Oh, wow! And Sheffield Wednesday are nicknamed the Owls. Yeah. Presumably because they have a lot of libraries or people stay awake a long time at night. I have no no <laughs> <I don't> idea. <laughs> But Trevor Trevor Francis did this thing, and Cantona
1: later reflected that he said he found it a bit um, embarrassing. This, so Trevor Francis invites him in to do a trial game indoors, and just at like a round robin tournament, it's a bit like a five a side tournament. He just turned well, up so to. he
0: doesn't like play a, an actual trial game on a grass field.
1: <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't even invite him to a training session. He just invites him to this tournament that's going on for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> And he said, he, like, he knew none of the lads and he just turns up, right? And, and I just walks in. You can imagine he's in a foreign country, just turns up, right? And uh, Trevor Francis was like, he didn't really do anything that well. <laughs> Which is, is quite, you know, when you think about Eric Canzana, what he achieved later on is amazing that, obviously, he just shows the level of Trevor Francis' management at that time. <laughs> <laughs> that He didn't spot, like, he didn't spot some talent there. He just was like, no.
0: Also, the thoroughness of just judging someone who's just, you know, flown over. I think, you know, think he, if
1: if your mate says, can you just help me with this? And you just do a bit of a, you know, a half job at it, <laughs> right? That's what he basically did. He just thought, I'll just turn up and go through the motions and then that'll be it. I don't think he was actually looking at him, really. But I could be wrong. You never know. But he, um, he so basically, he didn't he did work out Sheffield Wednesday. And um, Leeds United ended up getting the same offer. Do you so they're offering him around, right? And they said to Leeds United, uh, Howard Wilkinson was the manager at Leeds United at the time, right? And he was a very, to be honest, what was strange about Howard Wilkinson, he was a disciplinary manager. He was really like straight down the line. You can't go out. You can't do this. You can't do that. So it was a strange, you know, for Eric Cantona at the time, who's just been breaking all those rules in France. It would have been a bit of a challenge to walk into that dressing room with Howard Wilkinson, I would imagine. Yeah, for both of them, I would imagine. <laughs> But Leeds signed him. So on the 8th of Feb 1992, Leeds signed him for 900,000 quid, which at the time, even at that time,
0: not a lot of money. Well, Trevor Francis himself who'd skipped it, he be, he was the first million-pound signing in the UK.
1: Yes, he was. In, yep. in,
0: in, in football. So that shows you how 900,000 wasn't really a big deal. Wasn't a
1: big deal. And, they, and, and to be honest, when he signed for Leeds as well, it wasn't made a big deal in the press either. No one really commented on it. I think probably a little column. By the way, Leeds have signed Eric Cantona. Yeah, apparently
0: <laughs> he's got a good throw on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so he he signs and he, and actually um, Leeds didn't have a bad team that year. They were really actually a decent side. So he's joining already a decent side, and um, he's around um, throughout that year. All right, and they go on to win the title in 1992. Leeds, they beat Manchester United to the title. Um, it's very close that title race, but Leeds managed to pit Manchester United to the title race and win the title. So the old Division One title at that time goes to Leeds United, and Cantona is part of that team. So we get
0: to winner's medal, obviously. Yeah, he only uh, played some like 15 games, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't good about score three goals. many, but he was uh, he was bloody influential.
1: Well, they look back at it. This is the thing that they always, look. you know, we look back at it. You talk about like nostalgia, but they look back at it and go, oh, I'll tell you what, he was he was quite creative in that <laughs> in that spot. But people didn't talk about him in that team. There was other players as well who were probably above him at that time. And obviously he was just settling into England as well at that point. But then, uh, like, my, I remember watching him in uh, the Charity Shield, which is the first game of the, the next season. So it's the 92-93 season. And he, uh, Leeds played Liverpool. Yeah, I remember, do you remember that's that? Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember, this is the first time I was a kid watching this. I remember sat down to watch the Charity Shield, and I'll never forget it because it it was um, Sky Sky had just bought the rights to the Premier League, as it was then called. So the Premier League launch had just happened in that year, and it was huge. Yeah. And I remember it was like uh, I remember I remember I bought I, I didn't have my parents wouldn't buy Sky Sports, you know, like they and bought the package. So it was, in those days, it was just a fuzzy screen. If you didn't have it, it was just like, oh, yeah, just like watching the (laughs) channel with nothing on it. And uh, I waited for the game, and I just watched this fuzzy screen for half an hour, right? And my parents went out, right, because they were like, it's not coming on just. I was like, no, they'll show the first game of the Premier League. Like I mean, I was like, it's the Charity Shield. It's not the Premier League for a start." But I remember sitting watching it, and then it came on. I remember wow. like
0: they just did show the charity shield. It would be uncharitable, wouldn't it, not to show that game.
1: <laughs> exactly that. But Cantona was fantastic in that game, and I remember sitting there watching him, and he scored a hat-trick in that game, and one of them was like an overhead kick. He sort of turned it in a little bicycle kick. No, good as uh, some bicycle kicks, but it was a decent goal he scored. And uh, he scored a hat-trick in that game, and I think they won 4-3 in that game, Leeds. It was a good game, right? And then the fuzziness came back on. Then, yeah, <laughs> Sky Sports went well, back. And off. that
0: was the last things Le- Leeds won. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. because um, in that season, then, so he, he starts off for Leeds in the in the in the pr- in the first Premier League season, and he's struggling a little bit. And apparently, him and Howard Wilkinson had a bit of a falling out. <laughs> God knows what. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: one could see that coming.
1: He wasn't wearing the right shoes or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Howard Wilkinson would be, like, the guy who, you know, if you had the wrong haircut, you'd be dropped. Well, they said he was a
1: bit like a headmaster, wasn't he? An old man headmaster. That's how he ran his club. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not like a a, a good, funky headmaster. (laughs) (laughs) One One of those who just pain in the ass headmasters, really. Yeah. This is the, where the story really acts you know, into where Cantona ends up at Manchester United.
0: How does he end up at United? Because so, it seems like a bit of a leap. He's gone from like a bit of obscurity in France, only known for his disciplinary problems, to playing an indoor tournament in Sheffield Arena, to going to Leeds, playing a decent part, but still a bit of a gamble to take on a guy who's retired from football only two years earlier. And then he ends up in... One of the biggest clubs in Winner the world. Win title. <laughs> so yeah. how's that? Well, how's the thing—the
1: thing is, well, at the t- like uh, still today, Leeds and Manchester United are not the best of friends, right? The 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 fans don't get on at all, right? There's sort of there is a bitter rivalry between those two clubs. So, um, but what happens is the chairman of Leeds phones Manchester United and wants to buy the left fullback, which is Dennis Irwin at the time, and he's playing fantastically well. Great player, right? So. Great player. All right, and uh, says, "Can we buy Dennis Irwin?" And Manchester United go, "No, that's not possible." But while you're on the phone, uh, is there any chance of is Eric Cantona available? Because Manchester United had basically tried to buy a number of strikers, and they'd, all the deals have fell through, or for whatever reason they couldn't get it over the line. So they just made this, you know, throwback comment. What about Eric Cantona? Anyway, the the chairman says, "Oh, give me a minute or so, and I'll phone you back. I think that may be possible." Right. Oh, all right. Here so we go. You can imagine. Uh, you can imagine that. Oh, all right then. So uh, chairman phones back. Deal's done. One
0: point two million. I imagine the chairman going into Harold Wilkinson, going, um, "Man United want to buy Eric." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just stamped the pages straight out the door. S- signed it. Off yeah. you go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> left a message <laughs> on the bench to him. You're gone, mate. So, $1.2 Manchester United bought Eric Cantona for in uh, 1992, 26th of November, 1992. Done. Deal done. Wow. So, he ends up at Manchester United. Now, if you speak to any Manchester United fan around that era, they will say he was the final piece of that jigsaw. So, they come close the year before for the title, but they got pipped over the line, and they just were flagging to score goals, United. So, they were trailing the league there about 10 points at that point. And um, they were just they were struggling to score goals. He comes in, and st- he's the final part of that jigsaw. So all of a sudden, Manchester United start scoring goals, and Howard Wilkinson is left with a bit of egg on his face. <laughs> <at that point. laughs>
0: but he'd made a tidy three hundred grand profit, so yeah, keep the chairman happy. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know? So you know you go on to win the the first Premier League title, the, the newly named Premier League. They go on to win that first title uh, in nineteen ninety three. And in nineteen ninety four they're going to win the double. So they're going to win the Premier League title and the FA Cup. So he's not doing bad. Wow. So it's a good side, that side. All right? It's a really, really good side. But he as I said, he's the catalyst. A lot of people say he was the catalyst
0: to win what they did. And at this point he's he's kept his nose clean, hasn't he? has he? Is he kept out of trouble?
1: Yeah, he's been fine. Like uh he, like he's still got that temperament. Like he if you uh, if you if you haven't seen Eric Cantona play, You've got, to t- you've got to put on some clips and watch him play because he does strut around with his collar up and he walks around a football pitch like he, he owns the whole place. You know what I mean? Like he owns the world. That's <laughs> how he plays. But, but that's why... He, I, he has
0: uh, got like a bit of a, a superhero characteristic, like his stance. And what is the puzzling thing with Cantona is that is it, when he's on the field, there's moments of complete serenity around him. Like his aura, he's not rushed ever.
1: No, there's an aura. There's definitely and an aura about him. He just
0: seems calm and relaxed, and in the moment. And then, so it's hard to believe these stories from France that he he would snap in the way that you know he he knew how to leave his foot in and things. But seeing him but at it, his most sublime moments was well, a lot of people be- call beautiful. him an
1: artist. And like, if you speak to anyone, even for rival football play football clubs, would say, yeah. It was an amazing player to to watch and watching what you know and but he, but at this time still he's not playing for his national team he's not playing he's not getting selected not good enough for, for well <laughs> there's obvious reasons he basically <laughs> told the whole selectors where to go so <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's left a bit of mud there I think but uh, as I said he, we know this history that he's got as a bit of a rule breaker but I think finally I think. In 1995, he decides that he's going to cash it all in, <laughs> right? Because in 1995, in January, it's the 25th of January, right? Uh, Manchester United are playing at Sellers Park, and they've been struggling a little bit at that time, but United went through patches like that all the time anyway, so they would have been expecting it, all right? But he's getting frustrated in this game, right, where it's a really cold night. It's a bit, blo- it's a bit blowy, and it's a bit, you know, like it's wet. It's cold. And that ground, like I don't know like if like chris they were playing Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, and that ground it's a pretty tight ground, isn't it, and-
0: well, it's one of those that's been built up over the years, they've kind of made ad hoc repairs as it's gone on. It's one of those that have really slim, tight turnstiles as you go in as well like it it's it's an uncomfortable ground for a fan, never mind the players. And one of the weird things about Sellers Park, because of the way they've arranged the ground, is it, it has it's kinda unique because it has most tunnels come out from the on the centre line, don't they? On the center to to the centre circle. Whereas at Sellers Park it's tucked away by the corner flag mm-hmm. and they pull this weird thing, like canopy over it's when oh, the are It's basically a hoodie. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is yeah, just a giant condom <laughs> that they kind of Fan out on the on the pitch that for the players to come out. So it it's not, and it's kind of an intimidating place as well because the fans are so close to the pitch, and the, the fair place to the Palace fans, even today, they are some of the best fans in the Premier League in terms of the noise they make, in terms of the songs and their unity. They're an impressive bunch. Yeah. yeah. So on a cold was it, was winter's it? day, evening kickoff, under the under the you know the floodlights there. It's not the best place to be spending your time. I wouldn't, as a <coughs> f- no, it's French, hostile French flair player.
1: <laughs> it's pretty hostile, and as you said, like the fans are right near the ground. Like, like it's yeah. just one of those grounds, isn't it? Kansan has having a bit of a bad day that day as well. Like Richard Shaw, who's playing centre back at the time, is giving Kansan a bit of a hard time. He's giving him a bit of a kicking, right off the ball. Like you know, just niggle, not really like you know hard kicking, but enough to aggravate him, right? And he also he um. He was messing with his collar as well on that day. Like, he just kept messing with the collar because he had
0: his collar Who, up all the time. Richard Shaw was messing with Cantona's collar. Yeah,
1: yeah, just kept pulling on it and, like,
0: knocking it down and stuff. So. That's like patting a priest on the head. You just don't do that, do you? <laughs> so it's just... <laughs> a, oh,
1: it, and, and we've seen it in many sports. Like, he's just trying to get under his skin, niggling, put him off, whatever he can do. Because he knows, obviously, if he's playing well... That Manchester United team are playing well,
0: and there's a bit of pressure, isn't there, on United here in this game because they're chasing Blackburn for the title, aren't they? Here, at yes. This point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're struggling a little bit to score goals. Yeah, Cantona's not happy with the referee. He's not happy with what's going on. He's not happy with the game, right? And you probably and the thing is with it, when he's like that, you you can you can see it. To be honest, you can like <laughs> he doesn't hide it. You know what I mean? And. Uh, but what happens is there's a long ball that goes up the pitch and they both go up for a head and then the ball and then they, they sort of like fall. He goes in for a tackle and uh, Richard Shaw goes in for a tackle and Cantona stamps on his ribs. <laughs> so I laugh because when you watch it, it's like the most obvious foul that you can give away. He just looks and just, and just, just he, he looks down and just purposely stamps back his foot and makes sure he makes contact with with uh, Richard Shaw.
2: Cantona. Of now, and, comes the red card. The and you're
0: talking like, this is like three minutes into the second half. Yeah. He hasn't waited around. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: well, I think, I think the word is not called off, has he? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously referee sees it's right in front of the referee and gets sent off.
0: Now at this point here, the crowd are absolutely off for it, aren't they? They've what? just seen the Playman Man United. They've seen Cantona stamp on a player which riles them. And then they see, the, sent off. they see the red card. Brilliant. And it's like that joy of seeing United's best player getting sent off. And he's got to make that walk.
1: Well, Richard Shaw's won. And he, he's basically yeah. won. Because, like, as well, like, if we've his, all his, been his there. His ribs haven't. Yeah. You know, he's. He's, he can feel it. But, you know, he's getting over that. But, like, in terms of anything, whenever we're in opposition of any team, when you support a team, the best player gets off. You'll love it, don't you? Yeah,
0: oh, it's great. It's great. And then you think, oh, we're in, in, in with a chance now.
1: So, Cantona has to walk past all... the longest length of the pit field, past all the Palace fans, of towards <laughs> towards the condom
0: of a tunnel at the far end. <laughs> of course, yeah. Any other... this Because it took place near the halfway line. Any other ground quick exit off but not a seller's mark he's got to walk the length of the
1: field he's got to walk 60 metres to the corner. (laughs) so the fans as you said are all up they're giving him loads
0: and quite right as well because he's just stamped on one of the loved players but however one fan decides
1: that he's going to get out of his seat 11 rows back so he runs right to the front of the advertising board and can we say this Ian can we say what he said we can certainly try to bleep out
0: the alleged can I say it first of all go on you back to France you French m- he says f*** off back to France you French f-. should we do it again <laughs> yeah that's what he says I, I don't know whether he must have thought that statement
1: pre-thought that statement out before he before he did it probably not probably not but Cantona doesn't react well to that and uh, Cantona um,
0: what can we say he basically jumps up over the advertising boards and Kung Fu kicks him yeah, he's straight in the chest.
2: Oh, what's going on here? Katana getting involved with some supporters. Oh, this is outrageous.
1: But yeah, he kung fu kicks him, and his studs hit his chest. That's how high he jumps. And then he throws a couple of punches, which... And Matthew Simmons doesn't even react. I think Matthew Simmons just throws one left hook, just aimlessly, just like going, because he's stunned. He's absolutely stunned. Well, Matthew
0: Simmons is a tw- is 20 years old at this point. And um, he fits double glazing for a living. Yeah. So he's probably not expecting...
1: Someone to come through the window.
0: Defenestration. <laughs> <laughs> <To He's>, <laughs> Back <laughs> straight he, in there. He's used to abusing people behind glass. <laughs> <laughs> but he... Cantonar kicks him. And then you see Cantonar like, a volley of punches. like, he, And you can see that he's using his elbow there as well. And...
1: He has to get restrained by two kitmen. Two kitmen have to grab him and restrain him.
2: Norman Davis, the Manchester United kitman, trying to pull him away. It's all got wildly out of hand. And once more, Eric Cantonar is the man at the centre of a dramatic controversy.
1: He's lost like he lost it. Well, like, also, I well, like just quickly. Someone threw their pint at him as well. If you watch the video, <laughs> so all oh, this, yeah. Really? Someone had their drink. Decided, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna help out here. I'll just chuck this drink.
0: <laughs> but one of the things that really stands out about is the commentary, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's brilliant! The commentary is brilliant
0: because the commentary by a guy called Jonathan Pierce on the BBC.
1: I remember that commentary because um, basically, Jonathan Pierce is like judge, jury, and executioner. All in one go. <laughs> it like he's watching it live and he
0: basically watches him like gone dead gets shots, whatever. He's like, get rid of him, you know, like it's just so funny. It's amazing how well he, he comes to all the decisions, John <laughs> in this like uh, also just how amazingly excited he is by the moment. And that he should really be a Formula One commentator rather right? because he sounds like a Formula One car, <laughs> not a football commentator, but absolutely tremendous.
2: six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was oh, without a shadow of a out giving him lip without a shadow of a out giving him stick
0: and so he kicks Matthew Simmons he gets kind of managed by the United kit manager to get shepherded off and he, he's getting more abuse as he goes off he gets down a tunnel and then the game carries on
1: Yeah? yeah
0: and then there's a little bit of fallout isn't there after the game well, over this incident
2: before. well Gary Lineker is with us first reaction to that Gary well it's the
1: most one of the most amazing
0: things i've ever seen in a football match i think that it doesn't matter what how you provoke by the crowd whatever language they use to you you've got to be above it
1: some people at the time called it an overreaction but i think when you actually watch it in in like in the cold light of day like i think i think it probably was a it's a pretty severe incident that happened and uh, but uh, yeah, so Kant and I ended up uh, in court. In court because it well he got well it's he got it's a shot <laughs> he,
0: he got punished by United, didn't he? His, his own club tried to keep it in house at first, the day. So yeah, United tried to. Pr-
1: they knew something was going to be on. So what they did was they banned him for uh, six months. They said, you know, we'll ban him for six months, and then we've done our due diligence thinking that that would be it then like you know like the club at least from a football point of view has dealt with it in-house however the uh, football association then came back and said no that's not long enough we're gonna ban it for eight months wow so there you go so you got eight months but obviously as well because it was it was as an assault
0: and it's in the public domain <laughs> yeah So to speak. In front of millions.
1: Yeah. Uh, They obviously decide, you know, obviously the police press charges. I think Matthew Simmons press charges
0: as well because he was like, oh, I can't have that. Well, Matthew Simmons has said, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, you weren't. You ran 11, (laughs) ran 11 rows of seats to give racist abuse. And I think this is the really nice thing about this story is... Matthew Simmons he deserved it, didn't he? Can he, he uh, deserve it? I think so. I think I'm like my... I'm not a violent man and I don't like seeing violence no. ever. But in that case, I was yeah. I was kind of back in canton out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty bad thing he said. Deserved a kick, didn't he? <laughs> well I just think of all the weeks Matthew Simmons would have given a volley of abuse because you know it wasn't his first time. Oh yeah, exactly. He yeah. would have been abusing players week in, week out, and just to have a player go i'm drawing a line here yeah i'm gonna kick you and then punch you a few times <laughs> it also
1: uh like on the other side the flip side of that there, there was t-shirts with like studs on for a while in the chest and it said i've been cantonard," which i quite <laughs> liked <laughs> it's like i shot jr
0: so the fallout was pretty serious when because it, he it was it went to court didn't it he was and in court
1: i remember it be on uh bbc uh first like first thing on the news
2: Good evening. Eric Cantona has been officially charged by the Football Association with misconduct and bringing the game into disrepute. The FA described last night's incident at Crystal Palace in which Cantona kicked a supporter as a stain on our game. Eric Cantona made the short walk from hotel to magistrate's court in good time for 10 o'clock court appearance. Cantona pleaded guilty to a charge of common assault. You are a high-profile figure looked up to by young people. The only appropriate sentence is two weeks imprisonment Forthwith, with those words, the Croydon magistrate sentenced Eric Cantona to two weeks in jail there's assault on the Crystal Palace supporter.
1: The p- illustration of Cantonar in the dock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because they're going to draw portraits because they can't show the actual footage. <laughs> yeah, that is brilliant.
1: <laughs> it? it was like someone going, "Oh, I just got to get this right because everyone knows him, so I'm going to get it right." And then, uh, yeah, so we got 120 hours community service
0: because right. then you get threatened with two weeks in in prison. Yeah did yeah. they offer him two weeks? You imagine him in prison.
1: <laughs> imagine Eric are in prison. Like, <laughs> it would have just been ridiculous, wouldn't
0: it? Like in the orange suit with his collar up.
1: Mm. <laughs> what 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 are you in for? Murder. What are you in for? Oh, aggravated assault. What are you in for? Oh, kicked a fan. Like, yeah. it's just not on the scale, is it? It's not on the scale. Yeah, 120 hours community service, eight months banned from football. And unfortunately as well, United lost the league that year. One point to Blackburn
0: Rovers as well. By one point. One point. You know what was interesting as well? This could have changed United's future as well, this. Massimo Moratti, who was just about to buy Inter Milan, was in the crowd at Sellers Park that night. And he was watching a player, a Man United player, to see whether he was going to buy him when he bought Inter Milan. And that player was Eric Cantona. And fair to say, the deal was off <laughs> <laughs> by the time the game was over and he didn't sign Cantonar. but then Cantonar went on to play a really important part for United in the subsequent seasons as well and has etched himself into Man United folklore as well as King Eric, possibly the greatest ever player to have played for United. And to think that he could, had he not kicked that fan, he could have been on the plane to Italy.
1: Yeah, yeah. But if he hadn't as well, if he hadn't got banned that season, he said that United probably would have won the title. And he said he would have won a title every year he would have played. The only season he didn't win a title was the season he got banned for eight months. Wow. That's quite incredible, isn't it? So, so they a
0: big influence in English football. So, are we saying that Eric Cantona, rule breaker, we're kind of saying... Well done, Eric! Yeah, for breaking well the rules. And also,
1: as well, by the way, his press conference was just brilliant. After, after all the the court case and everything else, Eric Cantona has got to say something to the press, and this was his last statement before I actually went back home for a bit.
0: So, through all of the uh, clicking of the cameras and everything, he's got the world's press there in this like hotel room, not hotel room, <laughs> conference suite, and you can hear his mild French voice say these words and we'll leave you with that thanks so much for listening to another episode of the wheel of sport thanks justin thanks ian here's king garrick
2: when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think
0: sergeants will be thrown into the sea thank you I think maybe it's uh, like uh, like a dream for some people, you know. Sometimes to kick these kind of people, so I did it for them. So they are happy.